0: Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com
1: Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. And welcome...
2: To the show, and we are so excited today to have two guests on our show who will be informing and educating us about the newest regulations for the Ticket to Work program. First, we have with us Emily Malsh, a member of SESI, and we also have Kenneth McGill, an independent consultant and trainer on Social Security and Disability Employment programs. Emily and Kenneth, welcome to the show. Thank you. I I have to say first, Emily. Yes, I know you know what I'm gonna say, but I have to say it. (laughs) Okay, Emily, her mother. (laughs) She has the most awesome mother. Maggie (laughs) Roffy, who just so you all know, is someone that works out there every day for years helping people with disabilities, for years, and she is just an awesome individual. So Maggie, I want to say hello to you, and I want to say you are absolutely the best. And I told the Assistant Secretary Romano how lucky he is to have Maggie Roffey. So I just had to say that. Um, can't hold it in. Had to get it out. That's so, right.
3: Emily, you know I'm going to agree with you on that one, so I think I'm a little I know biased. you <laughs>
2: Well, Emily, it's nice to have you as our guest. I see you following your mother's footsteps, doing giving back, doing work, giving back to the community. But maybe you could begin by explaining to our listeners throughout the world what is SESI, C E S S I, and how do you work with the Social Security Administration?
3: Sure. Um, Well, SESI, which also stands for Cherry Engineering Support Services, Inc., Uh, but we do go by SESI. We are a diverse minority-owned organization uh, whose areas of expertise include a unique combination of skills in information technology, and disability policy and services, uh, quantitative and qualitative research. We do program management and conference management. Uh, It's a whole variety of, of, of things that we do here. Uh, SESI is an organization that, of course, is proactive in employing and promoting qualified individuals with disabilities, Uh, so we do a wide range of uh, different things here at SESI. Now, as far as our work with Social Security Administration, uh, or SSA for short, you know, we love our acronyms, (laughs) Um, SESI is SSA's Ticket to Work Program Manager for Recruitment and Outreach, and I have another acronym for you. It's called PEMRO for short. Uh, Under this project, um, SESI has a team here of Ticket to Work account managers uh, and other folks such as Ken and other folks at SSA uh, that are Ticket to Work program specialists. Uh, We here uh, on the Ticket to Work team ensure uh, that uh, SSA is meeting its objectives by implementing and managing a nationwide uh, recruitment and outreach strategy focusing on EN recruitment, that's employment networks, uh, and beneficiary outreach. Uh currently and we'll get into a little bit more about what the ticket to work program is, I think, later on the show, but um currently uh the team here, the PEMRO, the uh program manager for recruitment and outreach team is focused on recruiting those employment networks for selection by SSA and developing recruitment strategies to ensure that adequate choices of services are available to all SSA ticket eligible beneficiaries. Uh these are current uh the recruitment strategies uh, include, uh, I think right now we're in the, the midst of a crazy busy season, uh, but we are in the midst of a huge national recruitment plan called the New Ticket Express, and we're very excited. Uh, we have been landing at various cities across the country, and uh, getting folks to board the Ticket Express train, if you will. Uh, the New Ticket Express focuses on target markets who have the largest number of SSA disability beneficiaries, but the fewest employment networks. Uh, So for each target market, the staff, our staff here, the Ticket to Work staff is developing plans to co-host events aimed at bringing uh, those ENs together, potential and existing employment networks together, uh, to do a presentation on the new Ticket to Work program. It's very exciting about all the uh, improvements that have been made to the program since inception, and also the benefits about becoming an employment network. So that is it in a nutshell.
2: Wow. (laughs) Wow. I'll tell you what, you're doing a lot, that's for sure. but. Um, I knew that you were the one working with the Ticket to Work program. So I want to tell you, um, I was there, Emily, in 1999 when President Clinton signed the Ticket to Work and Work Incentives Improvement Act. As a matter of fact, it was the last act signed in the 20th century. That was it. You know, that was the last act signed in 1999. Um, and I was so honored to be there. And I'm wondering if you could begin by explaining to our listeners who aren't familiar with this, what is the
3: Ticket to Work program and why it was started? Well, I think, you know, it might be best, Ken, if you want to chime in. You, you know the history about Ticket, and I think you've got some great expertise and background. Do you want to chime in here a little bit about the history and kind of where it all started?
4: Sure, I, I'll be glad to, Emily. And, and uh, Joyce, I have to chuckle that I embarrass uh, Emily also by referring to to Maggie, who I knew for many years uh, in my work uh, in the federal government uh, with Maggie at the President's Committee and then at the Department of Labor. So it's uh, it's a, that's a standing joke sometimes when Emily and I get to see each other. Uh, so I try to do it less now, but I enjoyed it when you did.
2: Well, um, you yeah, know, we're in the Maggie Rafi fan club.
4: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, I was also there pleased and pl- and proud to be there at the December 99 signing at the F at the, uh, Franklin Roosevelt Memorial in Washington DC. It was a December kind of a cold day and I was fortunate enough to to be in the job of Associate Commissioner at Social Security at that time in charge of having to implement the Ticket to Work. So I was both anticipating and, you know, pleased that we had come through a a several-year process to develop this legislation and then sort of gulping also because I knew that I was going to have quite a few years ahead of me trying to implement this. Um, we really, pre-ticket to work, the Social Security beneficiaries, people who receive disability insurance and SSI uh, benefits, uh, didn't have a lot of recourse if they wanted to return to work. The Social Security system has not always been friendly to to helping people go to work, and it really wasn't set up by Congress to provide return to work services or to fund them, except through referring people to vocational rehabilitation agencies in the states. So. Over a period of years in the, in the 90s, uh, people with disabilities and people in the, in the government and, and both local as well as at the federal and national, national level were, were looking at some better ways here and, and trying to come up with some better outcomes for people, better choices, if you will. Um, And and so over a several year development and and analysis and input process which was fed into by people with disabilities and and advocates and providers and all all sorts of smart people all over the country, the Ticket to Work legislation called the Ticket to Work and Work Incentives Improvement Act was created and was signed and and, uh, almost unanimously in Congress and was signed by President Clinton as the last uh, one of the last uh, bills that he signed in in the last uh, century and and during his term. Uh, And what the Ticket to Work legislation promised was more choices for people with disabilities who are trying to go to work, uh, better work incentives to allow for a little bit better sense for people who wanted to go to work that they wouldn't lose their benefits or their health insurance, and then some better support structures such as the Ticket to Work but also some other important structures such as uh, benefits planning and assistance uh, organizations and and better connections to the vocational rehabilitation system and assistance from the protection and advocacy systems in the states so that that happened in 1999 and then we took a couple of years to implement the program it really got underway after publishing re- extensive regulations and setting up new systems and new contracts and grants and quite a bit of structure with any new program in the government, um, and, and you know, it really got underway in 2001. And what the, what the ticket program was then and what it is now is really a, a chance for, for Social Security Administration to provide resources to give people better choices for uh, helping them get back to work. Uh, under the program, Social Security issues tickets. That's actually a paper document, although it's also something in the computer system so that if a person loses his or her ticket, it's not, that's not the end of the world. They can still keep going. Um, and that ticket really is something that they can use to create an agreement between themselves and an employment network, as Emily noted, uh, that work with Social Security to provide whatever supports and services, whether they be very extensive or not very much at all, maybe only just a job placement, and then uh, assist that person along the way, uh, that employment network will be paid for for the efforts. And it's really based on a success only model so that employment networks are paid if a person goes to work and is happy with the job and stays on the job, then the person is happy and the provider who does this work for the person is happy because they're gonna get paid by Social Security And then the government through Social Security is happy because they end up paying fewer benefits to the person who's who's gone off to work.
2: Okay, so just so I understand that one part correctly, the person with a disability, how do they get that ticket again?
4: They get it in the mail, actually, from Social Security. Uh, Most everybody that's already on the disability rolls has gotten it, you know, over the period since we started the program a few years ago new people who are coming to the program for the first time get the, benefit, get the ticket soon after they join the program.
2: And what I'm meaning is, do you have to register to get this, or are you automatically registered through Social Security?
4: You're automatically registered if you're a disability beneficiary, meaning that you get one of the disability benefits from Social Security, and if you're between the ages of 18 and 64.
2: 18 to 64, okay, right. and you get this in the mail, and then does this apply that you could use this with colleges, training schools, everything, or what all would this apply to?
4: You can, use, a person who gets a ticket can use it in just about any way that they want to within the scope of who is in the system as an employment network who will agree to work with them. Uh, this is voluntary, the person does not have to use his ticket. Um, and the, benefit, the, the provider, the employment network uh, that might be a school system, it might be an employer, it might be a, a nonprofit pr- pr- provider of services such as United Cerebral Palsy or Goodwill or many of the other types of uh, nonprofit organizations, they, they must also agree. So it's a voluntary program on both sides, uh, and it can assist with anything from education to on-the-job training to supported employment services to... Uh, 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 help with with accommodations and transportation. It's it's very it's very flexible, and it was designed that way by Congress. And,
2: and you know what? Getting back to what we talked about at the beginning, the whole purpose of this is just to provide more opportunities for people with disabilities. Isn't that correct? Absolutely. More choices of what they can do.
3: Absolutely. That's what the whole so, program is about. Th- it's about choices.
2: <laughs> right, right. And that's what I think is so awesome about this. Um, and we're going to talk more about this when we come back to break. But just for a moment, in case they want to find more information about this, Emily, what is your website?
3: Uh, to find out more information about Picks to Work, I would visit uh, Social Security's website. Um, uh, it's uh, ssa.gov
2: forward slash work. All right, and we'll give you that again when we come back. But right now, we've got to go to break for a minute. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Don't go away. We'll be right back with Emily and
5: Kenneth.
0: Have you ever thought about having your own Internet talk show? Well, if you said yes, then click About Us. Then click Be a Host to get more information. Or just call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417. Say that again? 480-294-6417. VoiceAmerica.com.
5: I'm Garcelle Beauvais-Nylon. When I played a DA on NYPD Blue, I got all the facts before trying a case. Yet many don't know the facts about epilepsy. There are 2.5 million Americans with the condition, and 1 in 10 Americans will have a seizure in their lifetime. People with epilepsy want to lead normal lives, but too many of us don't know what epilepsy is or what to do if someone has a seizure. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org or call 1-800-332-1000.
0: VoiceAmerica.com.
1: If you have a question or comment, call in toll free at 1 866 472 5788. Now, please welcome back the host of Disability Matters. Here's Joy Spender.
2: And welcome back to the show. We have Emily Mulch, who is an account manager. For SSA regions three and five the one-stop career centers working with SESI and Kenneth McGill independent consultant and trainer for the Social Security Administration now I know we got to talk to you Emily how about you uh, Ken how what is your role with SESI and the Social Security Administration how did you get involved with all this
4: Sure, Joyce, I um, actually worked for Social Security for a little over 30 years uh, and I retired about five years ago from the position of Associate Commissioner for Employment Support Program. So in that, in that role, my job and the staff that I worked with's role was to implement this, this Ticket to Work legislation and all the other return to work activities at Social Security. Uh, and since I retired, I've been doing consulting work and training in this arena for several years. I've, in, recent, in, in recent months have started to work again with SESI and with the, uh, the Social Security Administration. What I do is for them is to lead a small in, on-site team of experts about the Ticket to Work and about the disability and about a lot of the other arenas that, that uh, get involved with the Ticket to Work. Uh, we offer advice uh, and consultation about this program, help with uh, recruitment strategies with uh, the folks over in McLean, Virginia, where, where Emily and, and her team are, and we uh, uh, do quite a number of speeches and trainings and teleconferences, webinars and radio shows, whatever it takes to try to help get the word out about this, to teach people about this, and to uh, Uh, try to make sure that we're doing it in a strategic way for Social Security.
2: Well, with your background, you definitely should be an expert in this area. Therefore, I'm going to ask you to tell us, if you don't mind, about the launch of the 2008, I guess, relaunch of the Ticket to Work program.
4: That would be uh, my pleasure. Um, when, when Congress created this program, as I said a few minutes ago, back in 1999, they, they told the agency, Social Security, to get this thing started, to put all the pieces in place, and to get it going, and then they actually gave the agency quite a bit of, of flexibility to learn from, from the early going in the program and to make changes. To reform it without having to go back for new legislation with Congress, so that's what's happened. We spent several years uh, in, the, in the early part of the century putting this program together and getting its structures in place and recruiting employment networks and getting those tickets out to all the beneficiaries and and uh, making sure that we could make payments uh, on behalf of the program, and then. Uh, we learned some things from it, and Social Security right now is in the process of, of, of having gone through this listening and learning and now responding process. They published earlier this year in May, they published uh, new regulations that make quite extensive changes to the program, and that's why we now call it the new Ticket to Work program because it has extensively changed since the earlier days. The new regulations became effective literally just a couple of weeks ago on July 21st. And that's what we're now operating under, just getting started with it. Uh, What the new regulations do, and that's why we're calling it a relaunch, that's why we call it New Tickets, uh, New Ticket Program, is uh, that we're bringing more funds into the system for employment networks and sooner. We got quite a bit of concern from the provider and business world that this payment system that we had set up really didn't energize enough uh, providers and enough businesses to get, get involved in this and to work uh, with it. So we've got better coordination now with the state vocational rehabilitation agencies, who, of course, have been in this business of helping people with disabilities get to work for many more years even than the ticket program. Uh, but the earlier set of regulations didn't really give us a very good working relationship with those agencies. These new regulations offer something that we call Partnership Plus, which allows the State of Social Security to provide payment uh, on behalf of a beneficiary both to state agencies who do this work and to employment networks under the Ticket Program, and encourages the two entities, the two types of agencies to work together to provide good handoffs to allow for people to get ongoing services over sometimes extended periods of time if they need that, and then we've got the system really better aligned for beneficiaries, offering some payments for part-time work, for instance, for those people who might need that to get started, offering uh, a better alignment of the other work incentives that are in the Social Security system with this Ticket to Work program.
2: Well, you have already pointed, and thank you, uh, Ken, you've already pointed out a few things, but. What would you say were the biggest changes overall?
4: I would have to say that the biggest changes were, were, were dealt with making changes to the, uh, to the payment structure to, uh, to do a better job of offering the money for services at the right time so that more of these providers, both in the for-profit sector as well as in the non-profit sector, will want to come and, and learn how to work with these uh, programs. And we've been finding, as we've gone through these last few months with uh, the staff that Emily works with over in McLean and, and my staff in Social Security, that we've gotten huge interest from these communities out there who are trying to learn how to how to deal with this. This program can be complex, but there are resources that we're offering to help people through that. We've got, for instance, a calculator that will allow Uh, employment networks, uh, agencies that are working with people with disabilities to plug in information about what they do now and how many people they serve and how successful they are in serving them, and then they can figure out an income stream that would flow from using the ticket.
2: And the person, you find employment for them um, and you get you know, when you hire them, you get paid X amount of money, and then you get paid again after they've worked X amount of time. Is that correct?
4: Yes. The, the payment system is set up actually on a, on a series of milestones and outcomes. As I mentioned in, at the very beginning, that this is a, a success-based or an outcome-based program. If a person doesn't successfully get to a job uh, and keep it, then the, the 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 agency that's working with them or the businesses working with them doesn't get paid from Social Security. So there's there are incentives for for the the provider and the and the employer and the individual to you know all be working in the same direction towards successful employment. The milestones are set up to try to pay for placement at the beginning, uh, and then a, a, a successively uh, more. Uh, more lucrative uh, payment process as a person goes through working through the first year and then actually can pay, uh, the, the system can pay for somebody who's been to work for, uh, for, for up to five years after the beginning of the program. So there, there can be literally a cash, there can be a cash flow to the provider with, those, with people that are successfully getting into the job and keeping the job, there can be a cash flow that will go out for, for years after they've done the original placement.
2: Um, and, you know, keep in mind, if you're listening to this show, why Social Security did it this way. They did not want a bunch of charlatans to jump on board and say, you know, give us all the money, pretend to hire people, and then really hurt people with disabilities. So they did this to make sure there was integrity in the system and that, you know, you, you eliminated that problem. And and I can see why you would have to do that. So, I mean, I, I totally understand why you do it that way, and it makes perfect sense to me. Now, I do have one question from a listener here that emailed us prior to the show. What is the difference between SSI and SSDI?
4: Well, the, the, uh, both of those are programs that the Social Security Administration uh, handles. SSDI, as it's called, Supple- Social Security Disability Insurance, is paid to people like retirement Social Security benefits, based on the fact that they have done work in the economy, they've worked for an employer and paid the FICA Social Security tax that we all pay, Um, if you work for a period of time, you get coverage under the Social Security system, and then if you become disabled or if you get to a period of disability, uh, then you can get a disability benefit that's based on that prior work. It's not needs-based, it's, it's based on how much you work you've done in the past. SS, SSI, which is, is, which is really an acronym for the Supplemental Security Income Program, is a poverty program, it's a needs-based program, also paid to people with disabilities and to actually to elderly people too, who don't have very much income and resources. It's not based on any prior work that they've done. So, for instance, if, if a person has never really had a chance to develop a work history but has a severe disability, they can get SSI uh, even, you know, even without that work history. But they have to have limited income and resources. It's not for everybody, but just for the people at the lowest income levels.
2: And what I just said when I spoke to a group this morning, your goal, if you're a person with a disability, is to go from SSI or SSDI to paying taxes. Your goal is to be employed. Remember, you are never free in this country until you have competitive employment. Can't buy a house, can't buy a car, can't live like everyone else. That's why I like the name Ticket to Work. It's not Ticket to Stay Home. Ticket to Work. And uh, I'm sorry I didn't see you there, Ken, when that was signed, but That was surely a glorious day in 1999.
4: Well, there were quite a few of us there, as I recall. Yes, there
2: were. Well, I think we're going to go to break for a minute here. But before we go, I wanted to ask you just one question. Ken, what have you seen as the – if someone would ask you, so what's the biggest problem with this program, what would you say? Or I should say, biggest area of improvement in people's mind, what would you say?
4: the biggest challenge i guess is a good another good way to say it is yeah. is is the fact that it can be very complicated it, you know government programs in general tend to to have quite a bit of complexity built because they're legal programs with lots of eligibility rules and this ticket program both for beneficiaries people with disabilities uh, who are getting the benefits and trying to think about work And also those who are trying to work in the helping system, become employment networks or work in the state agencies, find that it can be daunting trying to remember how all this fits together and and what goes first and what comes next and and what are the rules about payment and what are the rules about non-payment. So that's what I think is the biggest challenge. It's not just something that you can give a person a quick ABC cookbook and say go do it. It it often requires some experience and some teaching.
2: Uh, And Emily, when you work with a company and they want to be one of these networks, do you train the people there? Is that what you
3: do? Um, you could call it training. I think we walk through the, uh, the process. And we, we, of course, discuss the Ticket to Work program, talk about the benefits of the Common Employment Network, and then, of course, we you know, walk them through the application process and provide them a lot of technical assistance they may need. Uh, we are actually currently in the process of developing what's called an, a uh, handbook, an EN handbook uh, for employers called uh, Turning Diversity into Dollars. Uh, so that handbook soon will be readily available. Uh, and you know, it's, it can be both taught in, in, in a workshop setting, but it's also made to be standalone. Uh, but that's something we're definitely looking into.
2: No, that's good. And do you think this is uh, encouraging people, companies, uh, to get involved to hire people with disabilities?
3: Absolutely. In fact, I've seen uh, a definite interest here in the past. I would say three, four months from employers and also employment agencies uh, that are looking into the program and are interested. I think it's you know, it's it's. It's very attractive. I think it's, for them it's tapping into a whole new uh, talent pool that they really haven't maybe considered before uh, for whatever reason. You know, I think yeah. it's, it's definitely uh, has many positives, and I think it's a great connection. It's a great way for them to expand and divers- diversify their, uh, their workforce. Um, so I, I definitely think that they're, they're seeing those, the possibilities.
2: Well, we'll talk more about that with Emily and Kenneth when we come back to break, if you just joined us. Emily is with Ceci. Kenneth is an independent consultant to Ceci, formerly years of experience with the Social Security Administration, and we're talking about Ticket to Work. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at Voice America.
1: Don't go away.
0: We'll be right back. News Opinion. Can you hear me? Your voice counts. Call toll free one 866 1-86-472-5787. 866 472 5787 VoiceAmerica.com.
5: I'm Garcelle beauvais Nylon. When I played a DA on NYPD Blue, I got all the facts before trying a case yet many don't know the facts about epilepsy. There are 2.5 million Americans with the condition, and 1 in 10 Americans will have a seizure in their lifetime. People with epilepsy want to lead normal lives, but too many of us don't know what epilepsy is or what to do if someone has a seizure. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org or call 1-800-332-1000.
0: Are you ready to take it to the next level, both personally and professionally? If your answer is yes, you owe it to yourself to spend an hour with America's coach, Dan Lear, and The Road to Success, broadcasting live every Thursday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Dan shares proven success strategies that will take you from where you are now to where you want to go. Your road to success begins with America's coach, Dan Lear, on the Voice America Business Channel.
2: If you just joined us, we're talking to Emily Malsh from SESI and Kenneth McGill, an independent consultant and trainer from the Social Security Administration, formerly worked there for years and years, now a consultant to SESI. And Emily and Ken, in your opinion, for any employer listening to the show right now, people that do employ people with disabilities, what would you say should be the main reason that you would encourage them to become an employment network provider?
3: I'll jump in here. I think, number one, it just makes sense if you think about it. Um, you know, from an employer standpoint, you're looking to hire, you're looking for talent. Uh, and we're all looking for new ways to recruit that talent. And I think this, uh, this is a program that makes sense. Um, I know that many employers are hiring individuals with disabilities, and they should be hiring people with disabilities, Uh, and so, you know, why not take advantage of this program that is a free source for new talent they might not have considered. Um, And, of course, too, I think it also expands upon their connections in the community, uh, their business connections in the community. That's a great way to ensure that their workforce is a diverse workforce, Um, and uh, as I mentioned, it just makes sense to me. Why not? And it, also, okay. it also and
4: allows a, quite a bit of flexibility for, for companies to partner with other agencies or other partners in the community to, to figure this out and to share funds from, from this system to, uh, for instance, pay for on-the-job training or accommodations through using these uh, the, this, this funding stream.
2: So, for example, if a small business or a medium-sized business, whoever it would be, is listening to the show today and says, wow, I want to do this. You know why? I'm doing a lot of hiring and I need access, you know, to more people with disabilities. When they become uh, an EN or employment network, how are they going to gain access to more names of people with disabilities?
3: Well, there, there are several ways. Um, when you become an approved employment network, uh, you will have access to a CD that has information uh, about the ticket holders that are in their area, so they can use that CD to market their opportunities. Um, they also can take a part of uh, very hands-on uh, community programs or events, I should say, called uh, WISE events. Uh, these are work incentive seminar events. Uh, where the ticket holders are invited to come out to learn a little bit more about the program, the ticket program, the work incentives available. But also it's a great way for the ticket holders and those employment networks, which could be those employers, to meet, to learn. Um, and I think, um, you know, just being a part of the program, you're also going to be listed in the EN directory. Uh, it's an online directory uh, that you can list your company and the opportunities you have available. Uh, we also have a great connection with EARN, uh, the employee, uh, Employer Assistance Recruitment Network, uh, that also works uh, in partnership with the Ticket Program and with SESI, most importantly. And uh, so there's a great, you know, a lot of access uh, there available.
5: Joyce,
4: we, we also expect in this coming year to be uh, working, uh, the SESI working with Social Security to be to be expanding some of our efforts to connect uh, people with disabilities uh, that that are in this program with employers and with employer networks, so that we can make that work as well as possible. That's one. That's sort of the other half of our of our job. Not only to reach out and recruit the networks that we need to make this program viable, but also to uh, to make sure that we're getting the word out to beneficiaries and making connections, uh, such as through the Wise seminars that uh, Emily mentioned, but perhaps in some other ways too.
2: Well, I I mean, I think that's awesome, the part about having access to more people with disabilities. I mean, I think that part is awesome. I think that is really great for anyone listening to the show right now. I I know that I can tell that this program has changed from how it was before. And, you know, when you're hearing this now, with me, it's never about I'm going to do this because then we'll get more revenues from the government. With me, it's always how do you find more people. So, you know, that, that part of it is really great. And anyone listening to the show right now, once again, Emily, where do they go if they want more information about this?
3: Uh, they can visit Social Security's work site, which is ssa.gov forward slash work, and they also can go to your y-o-u-r ticket to work.com.
2: All right. Now here's my question. Then, if someone becomes an employment network, um, what do you do? You assign someone to them to first initially tell them how this works. I mean, do they have? Do you have someone in every state, or how do you do this?
3: Uh, well, once you become an employment network, uh, you're connected with the operations support manager for uh, the Ticket to Work program, who is Maximus. Uh, Maximus will provide you a a welcome package to kind of get you started and introduce you to the program. Uh, You also will be connected to a Maximus uh, representative who will work with you to help you in whatever way you need to get your employment network up and running. Uh, they offer a, a wide range of, of trainings and resources and, and, in fact, that last website I offered, the yourtickettowork.com. Uh, there's a lot of information out there on that website, some downloadable presentations and templates, and they do Ticket Training Tuesdays that you can take a part of. And uh, what's so great, too, about this training is that even now, if you're considering becoming Employment Network, you can take advantage of those trainings. Uh, you don't necessarily have to be an awarded EN to participate in some of those trainings that Maximus offers.
2: Um, and, again, this is in every everywhere in the United States. Correct. So no matter where you are in the United States, because I know that when we advertised, um, you know, a few days ago that we were going to do a show like this, that was one of the questions. So obviously, again, go to that website and just move on from there. Is there anything else, Ken, that you wanted to say about that?
4: Uh, No, we are actually trying to be everywhere in in the country at at once. I think uh, Emily mentioned that we have a pretty wild and woolly schedule right now because we are literally trying to hold events, work with local partners to host activities to get the word out about this program because it is a national program and because this country is so big and so diverse we we need to make sure that we've got a diverse supply and a and a good supply of employment networks wherever people live whether that's rural Montana or downtown New York City or uh, you know out in the Florida Keys we we need we need to make sure that we're offering choices there are national employment networks who work with people from afar through websites and and telephone based operations and then there are other very local employment networks that only serve a community or or a county or in a state. So the diversity and the the strength of our networks is is what we're spending quite a bit of time right now to make sure that we do cover the whole country well.
2: And Emily and Ken, this isn't just for uh, for for-profits or non-profits. It's both. Is that correct? Don't you also have nonprofit agencies that are employment network providers? Yes.
4: Yes, we have quite a few uh, that are nonprofits uh, who do this kind of work. And there are also also government agencies, not federal, but local government agencies such as Department of Labor, One Stop Systems. Emily spends quite a bit of time working with those uh, folks because many of them are joining our system. Correct.
3: Yeah, we have a lot of stops.
2: So what that means is any of the One Stops, in the United States could also be an employment network.
3: Absolutely, and we're encouraging them to get on board. I mean, for One stops, I mean, they're already doing the work. You know, they're already providing services to individuals, and uh, to, to do this would be even better, um, really add to their, to their services. And, of course, too, for the One Stop, um, it also helps, to, uh for funding. Uh, this uh, DOL does not consider the monies that an employment network would uh, receive as program funding, uh, so, therefore, it won't affect current funding streams. Uh, so it is a great way for the one-stops to find alternate sources of, of revenue. Uh, they're also encouraging one-stops. DOL is encouraging one-stops through the, uh, the disability program navigator uh, programs uh, to work through the disability program navigators uh, to become employment networks and utilize the expertise and the knowledge of those disability program navigators in the one-stops.
2: Well, that how, how many, like, for-profit versus non-profit, uh, in the employment network, what would you say percentage wise Is it mainly nonprofits that are employment network providers?
4: I think we have a, we have a slightly more uh, on the profit and and governmental side than we do the for profit sector. Uh, we, we it 's not something that we had readily out of the system you know r- as we were getting ready for this in the last couple of days, but my memory and, and knowledge of the system is that we have quite a few nonprofit uh, agencies who work in this field already, whether they be faith based organizations or disability specific organizations or or social service agencies that are broader in, you know, in, uh, in their scope like salvation army or or uh, in, in various cities. So it, there are quite a number of those, but the, the for-profit sector is well-represented also.
2: All right. Well, listen, we're going to go to break, and then we'll be back with Emily Malsh and Kenneth McGill talking about the Ticket to Work program. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. We'll be right back.
0: Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, one 472 5787 And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's one 472 5787 Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com.
5: I'm Garcelle Beauvais-Nylon. When I played a DA on NYPD Blue, I got all the facts before trying a case. Yet many don't know the facts about epilepsy. In the great scheme of things, a minute isn't all that much, unless you happen to have a stroke. All of a sudden, those minutes count, minutes that could mean losing your ability to talk, move, or walk, which is why, if you can get help in time, your stroke can be treated. The warning signs of a stroke include sudden numbness or weakness of the face. If you experience this, call 911 immediately. Visit strokeassociation.org or call 1-888-4-STROKE-TODAY. A public service announcement from the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. VoiceAmerica.com.
1: If you have a question or comment, call in toll free at 1 866 472 5788. Now, please welcome back the host of Disability Matters. Here's Joy Spender.
2: And welcome back. This is Joyce Bender. Today on our show, we've been talking about the Ticket to Work program with Emily Malsh and Kenneth McGill. Here's a suggestion I have. If you know of anyone that you've talked to interested in this and wants to understand more about this, have them go back to Voice America or BenderConsult.com. As you know, these shows are archived. Tell your friends, tell everyone, here they can get a good education about how this program works. And I've enjoyed so much having Emily and Ken with us. Ken, for people with
4: disabilities
2: who are listening to this show right now, please explain why you believe this will help them.
4: I believe that uh, people with disabilities who receive benefits want choices, Many of them are are candidates for moving into work, whether that be part-time work or short-term work or full-time work. Uh, And it may be early in the time when they start getting benefits or a little bit later after they've had a chance to uh, stabilize their condition. So this program can offer quite a bit of resource for them, both agencies in their community who can help them uh, get to a work, uh, work site offer training and other other sorts of services and can offer a chance to transition their benefits so that it's not an all or nothing situation. Both benefits as well as health insurance uh, have quite a bit of protection while a person tries his or her hand at working. So I would say this is something to maybe try to learn about um, and uh, to, to get a chance to uh, to get to that job, to get started with that job, and even if the first try doesn't work, this program allows for multiple times to go back to it. So it's, it is my sense that it can offer quite a bit. It does require a person to start and get into action with this, but uh, that's you know that that's worth that's worth finding out about. I think.
2: You know what, Ken? Let's go over the website, and if anyone has a question. How about the email address?
4: Certainly, the, uh, the Social Security website has quite a bit of, of information and fact sheets and frequently asked questions and, and other materials about this program so that you can learn a little bit more about it. Um, th- that site is, uh, is ssa.gov, G O V, slash work. Now, if you have a specific question or want to find out more or want to get connected in to learn more about how to become a network or how to get connected to a network, we have a a mailbox here in the email system that we check and and answer all questions. That email site is ticketprogram at ssa.gov, G-O-V, ticketprogram, all one word, at ssa.gov.
2: Okay, and you know what? I want to tell you that for the past four years on Voice America, whether it has been Tony Quello or Dora Bush or Alan Fanica, currently with the Jets, formerly of the Steelers, but anyone we've ever had on the show, I have asked these last two questions to every guest. So, Emily, I'm going to start with you. I know you've already accomplished a lot in your life, but if someone were to ask you what you are the proudest of, what would you say?
3: Oh, my, that's a big question. <laughs> um, you know, I think presently, right now, we're most proud of is being a part of this team, to be quite honest, uh, to be a part of this movement, uh, to be a part of a, a program that goes to increase opportunities for people with disabilities. Um, it goes, you know, to increase choices, and more importantly, informed choices. Uh, so honestly, and right now, my point of life, I, I think I'm most proud to be part of this program and this movement.
2: Okay, well, and that is a good thing to be proud of, Emily. And we're we're glad to have you. Let me tell you that. How about you, Kenneth? What would you say?
4: You know, I'd have to echo really, uh, Emily. I'm I'm old enough uh, to to say that I'm I'm proud of having had the chance to get get uh, get involved with getting this program started, getting it going, and then now. To offer help to get it to its most improved and most uh, uh, most advanced advanced state.
2: What would you say that you're the proudest of with in with the ticket to work with the new regulations? What do you think is the best about that?
4: I, I believe that it's it will offer. The, uh, the chance for this program to be what Congress dreamed it to be and, and the folks that urged Congress to pass it, which was people with disabilities, that it, that it will encourage the market in this, in this uh, arena so that there will be huge choice for beneficiaries and more and more people making the choice to leave the benefits or to reduce their dependence on benefits and move into the workplace.
2: And I'll tell you, there were people that did not like the Ticket to Work when it first came out. Of course, I thought it was the greatest thing in the world, but, you know, it is, to me, the liberator for people with disabilities. It is giving you a choice. Remember the name of this program, Ticket to Work. I've always loved that so much, that name of the program. But as I said, this is all about choices for you. That means this is about freedom for you. So if you're listening... Make sure if you don't know anything about this program, get back in touch, find out, because everyone that's on SSI, you are deserving of this. Is that correct, Ken?
4: It is. And, and, uh, you know, sort of my parting words is you don't have to trust me or us about this. What I, I would challenge you all to do, whether you're an employment network or someone with a disability who wants to move into the workplace, is to learn about this. Give it a try. Figure out if this is going to work for you, and we can provide uh, quite a bit of resource to help you move your way through that system.
2: Okay. Well, my last question for both of you, and I'll start with you, uh, Emily. Mm -hmm. If you had one message, one message only, that you could leave with our listeners throughout the world, what would that be?
3: I think you've already said it, Joyce. I think it's all about choice. It's all about informed choice, and it's about reaching your employment goals and, and uh, reaching out to those employment networks that can provide you the services and support you need. Uh, but, again, I go I go back to my favorite line, it's all about choice.
2: Yeah. And you know what choice is? Independence.
3: Independence, exactly. Choice is independence.
2: Without choice, you are not free. Remember that. Choice is independence how about you Kenneth if you had one message for all of our listeners throughout the world what would it be from you
4: That uh, this yeah this program and the, and this uh, the work that we're doing here d- does not guarantee success but it can it can be uh, quite a bit of a helper for people who are trying to make those choices and to use those choices to get that independence to move to graduate from from the benefit roles to to the employment roles
2: Yeah, and remember what I said earlier. You are not free in this country until you have employment. Without employment, you can't buy a car, can't go on vacation, can't live the American dream, can't be like everyone else. Unless you have employment, you will never have freedom. And as Emily mentioned, unless you have a choice, you can never have freedom. So one more time, let's hear that website and that email.
4: It's www.ssa.gov work for the website. And for our email, it's ticketprogram, all one word, ticketprogram, at ssa.gov, G-O-V.
2: And if they follow that website, will they all, Will people always be able to read about any impact or any changes or any education or conferences coming about with this Ticket to Work relaunch?
4: There's quite a bit of information in there about what we're doing uh, and there's more on the way. We're actually working quite extensively with SSA to improve that website so that it's always up to date that the fact sheets there are useful and, and friendly to read. Uh, And our schedules and and other activities, for instance, for WISE events and other events are in there. So, yes, there's quite a bit of information there.
2: Well, I want to say in closing, first, Emily, thank you so much for being with us today.
3: Thank you for having me.
2: Oh, I know your mother's going to be so proud. (laughs) Thank you so much. And, Kenneth, thank you for being with us and giving us that wealth of knowledge.
4: Well, it's my pleasure, Joyce, to, to be with you today.
2: Well, it's my pleasure to have both of you. Remember, ticket to work. Choice. 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 And choice means freedom. And with that, we end every show with a quote from a famous civil rights leader. So today, that is going to be from former Congressman Tony Bolo, who said, work gives us dignity. And that's what it's all about. This is Joyce Bender.
1: You're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. See you next week. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio, VoiceAmerica.com.